In this episode, I'm joined by Monique Van Al, who is Director of Sales Industries at SAP. And we had an insightful conversation with Monique again on a one-to-one basis about the question of has sales changed during the pandemic as part of the GSSI research initiative, as I've alluded to on a previous podcast. We spoke about some of the challenges that we face operating in a in a digital way from sales. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Can I just very quickly, um, Monique, start at the very beginning? Could you just describe your role in in SAP? So I've working uh, at SAP 17 years now. And since uh, three quarters, I am leading uh, the industry uh sales in the netherlands and what does that mean that is more the key accounts so the bigger accounts in my part i was responsible as sales director for the general business what means more the mid-market accounts so i changed roles three quarters um, ago and um yeah that are companies with more than one billion revenue Okay. And the, the kind of Salesforce size, you know, how big is your team, Monique? Yeah. So we, um, what I have, my role is a second line sales manager. So I have four first line sales managers who have teams of eight people. Um, and besides that, um, I have, um, four other people who are more solution sales Uh, And they are reporting to me as well. So the the four first line sales managers that are industry, we call it sales uh, um, sector directors. They have specific knowledge about an industry. Yeah. And then I have four solution sales, um, which is not usually uh, reporting to me, but that's just uh, the way how it is this year. Okay. And besides that, but that are all indirect lines, we have solution sales for uh, HR, for um, e-commerce, field management. And I think the extended team is around, the total team is around 60 to 70 people. Okay. And these are people that you would bring into the sales cycle, depending on the opportunity that you have with the yeah, large account. And, yeah, and extra as well. So as well, the pre-sales uh, uh, yeah. are important. And what we are well using are the industry value engineers. So right. the um, the pre-sales organization, I think it's as well for uh, for my part of the industry, big, I think 20 people. And we also have industry value engineers. And for each industry, I have four different industries. And that are as well. And then some extra. So it's also about eight. Okay. So if you talk about the people who are really involved in sales cycles, then we have, of course, the the industry. Yeah. That's AE. Yes. Different solution sales, pre-sales, and value engineers. So it's, it's, when you start to look at the extended size of the sales force, it's, it's quite significant. You know, it runs into, you know, sort of over 100 potential people that, yeah. that could actually yeah. play a role. Yeah, you also need the business architects as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a combination of direct reports and then having, yeah. you know, other, yeah. other parties that you will bring into yeah. the sales cycle. Organization. Yeah. And I guess that um, that given the large account that you're focused on, then 
a lot of their time is going to be spent on your opportunities, meaning the pre-sales and the um, sort of solution, well, some of the solution architects reporting into you. Um, Okay, that's that's fantastic. Um, Okay, so selling function in your company, I think you've you've described that as being um, the large accounts. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything more that we need to go into on that particular question. I don't think so. Um, markets, you've mentioned you've got yeah. the four sectors. Is that yeah. right? That is financial services, uh, services industries, so banking, insurance, but as well booking.com, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the other industry is uh, discrete industries and ENR. Yeah. And uh, the third one is consumer industries. And the fourth one is public services. Okay. So public services, are those government bodies? Yeah. 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 Okay. Got it. That's great. Police, ministries. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff. Okay. Um, you've mentioned the Sales Academy um, as being a source of actually recruitment and training. Um how else do you go about training your your um, sales team? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want, if a, a salesperson wants, he can follow trainings the whole day. Okay. Um, as we have a lot of e-learning, so if someone is onboarding, he gets a lot of training, all yeah. e-learning. And if you go to a specific role, there is a, a mandatory trainings you have to follow. Um, otherwise you are not allowed to move on. So uh, there's a lot of e-learning content available. Um, and besides that, uh, for example, what, we are, what, I, what I have done for now for all those people who are new is the challenges training. And I, I guess you know them. Yes, of course. Um, um, so we rolled out for all the sales, again, the challenges training. Yeah. yeah this time but i think it, it worked very well um yeah. and uh there is a quite i think we spent quite about some money on mentoring and coaching people yes can be inside sap so we have coaches coaches inside sap and mentors inside sap but as well outside depending on what okay. kind of of coaching uh, can help people yeah Okay. Well, I'm certainly familiar with, you know, knowing SAP as I do, I I think you have a phenomenal amount of, like you said, you could be on training courses, you know, all day long and uh, yeah, perhaps too much training. (laughs) I I think earlier it's too, yeah, I think it's, it's too much because you don't know how to prioritize. Yeah, absolutely. And and also have the risk training. So uh, security training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's these other, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's that's great. So um, perhaps sort of talking about the sales process, what's what's a typical sales process if there is such a thing? Yeah, sales. Yeah. So I think there is a difference if you if if there is uh, if you have a new business or existing business. So um, my team is fully focusing on existing customers. Um, So we have the connection. Yeah. Um, And what happens is um, 
most of the time is of course that you try uh, yeah are different reasons why it starts um of course there is a need as a customer and he just ask sap uh, to to ask and sometimes it, it's with or without an rfi or rfp process but um, what i think we are uh, mostly trained on is if we have something new new proposition we yeah. You're going uh, to make something wonderful with a value case uh, for the customer to really um, sell the proposition first to some uh, sponsors within uh, the customer. Uh, if we have some sponsors, then uh, we are going to reach out to the C level, whether it's, it's useful to continue and to safeguard some budget. And uh, there will be there are a lot of uh, proof sessions, demonstrations business case uh, uh, presentations, validation, uh, f- does it fit in the architecture of the company, etc., etc., and and then procurement will be part of it if we are still in the race. Right. So um, how long is... Really, really short, eh, what I'm telling now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I know, I know. Um, I, I think it's very difficult because they're, they're, they're pop- you know, with existing counts, there's possibly... You know, certain sales cycles are going to be fairly quick because you, you know, you you know the account quite well, and depending on the opportunity as well, whether they want to go into a competitive bid situation, um, sometimes it might be uh, sole source. I guess some yeah, of the. It can be quick, but I really think if you really look to a little bit of more valued, ah, so no yeah. or something, but really valued, it at least six months. At least six months, right? Yeah. Um, and what sort of what I mean, is there an average um, deal size that you your your team are going to be you know, in a sort of pitching for? Pictures form? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's above 500K ACV on cloud. And um, uh, uh, the amount of on-premise was more than 1 million, but because the uh, on-premise market is decreasing, I think it's as well around 500 to 750K. Right, right. So so. We are really changed. eh? So uh, my budget for cloud is higher for the first time this year than the on-premise budget. So in, in that sense, the transformation that SAP has been on and, you know, talked about now for quite a number of years, um, that, that seems to be reflected now. Yeah, Is that how you see it in the way your customers are also purchasing yeah. kind of solutions? Yeah, and you see it as well in the pipeline grow. If you're trying to, uh, to uh, increase the coverage on on-prem, whatever yeah. you do, it will not increase the coverage on on-prem, always will increase the coverage yeah. on the cloud. Okay. Yes yeah so just for the benefit of the um listeners to this on-prem is on-premise is that you buy the licenses and they are your license (coughs) maintenance and you install the license in your own system or with a partner but you are in the the customer is in control of the uh the software and where it's it's installed and um, you are the owner. Yeah. And without, um, you, you pay a subscription fee. Yeah. And uh, we or someone else is taking care for the environment. If it stops after five years, you are not the owner. You, you just paid a subscription. Yeah. 
Excellent. Yeah, brilliant. On premise, you pay a more um, a bigger amount in the beginning and a smaller amount every year uh, for maintenance. But if you stop paying the maintenance, it's still your software. Right. Yeah, and obviously, if 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 it's subscription, if you stop paying, you don't get to use the technology, no, the stops. facilities. It just stops. Yeah. And you have less worries about keeping up. Um, keeping up to date. You don't have to keep uh, a, a, a complex environment in the air because someone else is taking care of it. So all of that, it's easy to innovate. So in, in your business, Monique, what would you say were the top five determinants of success for when selling? Yeah, um, and that are as well, uh, uh, immediately as well, the um, some of the challenges. Right. Um, what I see is that what um, first um, SAP or software was in the IT budget. Okay. But IT is not the owner of the budget anymore. Business is becoming more and more important, the owner of the budgets. So if they are the owner of the budget, they um, decide, they have the power to decide uh, uh, for which solution they want to go. So the challenge is that the budget is at the budget side, but we don't. We as a P is having the contact, uh, the best con at IT side, and if we want to extend to the business, it's always oh, but you have to go to IT because you are SAP. Okay, so th this is a perception that SAP uh, owned by IT. Yeah, yeah. very difficult oh, to break. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that interesting. Is, but on the other hand, some of the IT is is want don't want us to go to the bus to the business. Yeah, yeah. Then they feel that they have less power. So the challenge is that the I, the, the budget is no longer an IT budget. It's it's spread somewhere. Yeah. Uh, around and that the access to the to the business is much diff more difficult uh, for us uh, to get. Yeah. And one strong point is, of course, integration. Yeah. But a business doesn't take care of what the benefits of the integration for the whole company because they only care about what the benefits are for their yeah. piece of the business. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I, I can see see this in a very small way happening inside Consalia. You know, we 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 seem to have so many different software solution sitting in different parts of our small business and yeah. um you know uh yeah. you know they they don't all together you know there's not one dashboard for example where you can actually maybe pick out some of the um some of the key um i don't know trends information sets that can help you manage maybe some of your analytics tools that sit on top actually can provide that which is interesting yeah. yeah so you asked for five first. i did and we've only looked at one so far no i think that's a combination okay the, the it budget is is yeah is uh, the, it's not an it budget any longer yeah uh, spread budget owners are spread the access to the business is really um yeah uh, key it's right. a challenge and the very very important okay if we don't access to the business you're going to lose right because it doesn't have the power anymore even if it has the power it's still important to have access to the business because they are their 
they are not going uh, to choose SAP if the business wants to do something else. Yeah. Well, what role do you see procurement playing in this sort of diversified, distributed decision-making that you're describing? Um, not that much. Not that much. You see, that's, that's interesting. That's what I would have thought. And yeah, which is, yeah, which course, is a, yeah, an opportunity they, and, a th- and a threat, you know, as, at the same time, I yeah, guess. But. Of course, they have, they have to play their role and to negotiate and see about the TNCs, etc. Yeah. But they are, in my opinion, they are not that big of influence. Yeah. So, so um, without putting words into what you're saying, would you say they have less influence now than they had maybe yeah. five years ago? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they have influence on, of course, result in what they are going to pay, but not in the cho- in the choice. Okay. That's, do you understand that... the difference? Do you understand the difference? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. We know we have to give away a little bit to procurement because otherwise they don't. Yeah, you roll well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if the business user and it's it's often procurement is is uh, um, oh uh, involved in the latest in the last phase of yeah uh, yeah right. A lot of things is uh, what I noticed that we we. Um, the proof, the value, the value, yeah. uh, value case is very important. And um, what I think, uh, and as a challenge as well, is the relationship. It's still, uh, it's still massive. Yeah. It's still, it's still uh, yeah. Um, business. And um, yeah. That's interesting. And in, in that respect, I think SAP have got some, in terms of value, um, sort of how you articulate the value proposition, Okay, so to have the right value, you have the business connection. Otherwise, you're not speaking the right language. You don't know what's going on. And that's why really the, the business connection yeah. I think, is the most important one. Yeah. And this is where you come back to the, the kind of people issue that we talked about earlier on, because you, you know, if you're selling you know, high value business orientated solutions for business, you need to have people i guess in the sales force who are able to have those conversations and uh, perhaps uh, unless you're exceptional sort of taking a, a late 20s early 30s person may not have that experience that um the board may look for yeah yes. perhaps yeah okay i have one example in which we are going to ask one person to go for another role for a few years just because of not being uh, gray hair, uh, yeah. too long. Um, and some of young people do have that senior presence. Yeah. But some of them, they I think they have to be fifty before they have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can I can vouch for that, uh, Monique, uh, from 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 my own personal sales perspective. <laughs> um, a late a, a, a late developer, I would say. <laughs> um, that's brilliant. Let's move on to the situational questions. And I think we started to address some of these already, mm-hmm. which were around the sort of main opportunities and challenges facing your sales organization. I don't know if you want to start on opportunities or challenges. I mean, how, how would you like to kind of go about this question? 
yeah, there are, mo- there are different uh, challenges. So I think that we already touched on uh, what I thought was one of the biggest, the, the people who are not experienced yet. So uh, for me, what I see as a risk is the fragile relationship with customers and as well uh, immediately going uh, to the COVID pandemic because, um, yeah, it's, it's more hard to build a relationship um, yet. And yeah. I don't think that people take the effort and I try to encourage that, but to go for a walk with customers and customers are not really open for that as well. It's easy to say, no, it's not allowed, but you can do it uh, if you really want. Yeah. So are, are you saying that, you know, having that um, sort of physical um, connection rather than the Zoom calls, you know, is something which, uh, which you absolutely need you know, for the type of selling that you're doing. Is that what you meant by going for a walk? You know, even though you're under restrictions, it, it's yes. so important yeah. to yeah. have... To talk about something else just to yeah. build uh, a connection so you can use that person uh, as a kind of sometimes informal source, what's going yeah. on, position of SAP, uh, um, if what we are usually doing is if we were going into a meeting, so I'm going to focus or trying to have a connection uh, if we go for the coffee with that person so I can give them a call later on. That is something you can't, you cannot do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things as well we can do, but so I, I miss a little bit of creativity in reaching out on different ways for people to have that connection. What I see is, of course, people sending personalized messages. So can do other stuff. Eh? So, um, and uh, I think the good ones are doing that. But yeah. Some people have said that with COVID, um, customers have actually sort of around. They're, they're, you know, they're around more. You know, they're, they're at home. They're not traveling. They're not jumping on planes. So actually, they've got more yeah. time potentially yeah. to, um, to give to people. Yeah. Um, ha- have you found that, that that actually they are accessible, but it's more difficult to build those relationships because they don't have the yeah. um, personal connection? They are more accessible. It's go. It's earlier because if you now reach out to someone, you can do it next week. Yeah. Somewhere half an hour, and before yeah. COVID, it was next month or next two months. Yeah. So it's easy. It's faster but you miss the um um yeah the uh, interpersonal relationship and what i noticed reaching out to some of my customers just for having a chat the first reply was i don't have time for that monique yeah Uh, i'm busy in all uh it's like my agenda is is up and then uh just asking a question and then start talking. And then he said, oh, what nice that we finally had a chat like this. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very interesting what, what you say around that. I'm curious what's happening, that if we are going back to the office, that half of the people will be virtual and half of the people will not be virtual. You will, will be in the office. You have a meeting with half the people in the office. Of how... What will be the power? What will be, I, my assumption is that I go to the meetings we are really important to me and 
the others are think, okay, if it's not less important, I will do it virtually. So perhaps as well a qualification for <laughs> Yeah. That's so you're saying that you're you're you know, we don't quite know how post-COVID life will be, but but what you're saying is that perhaps yeah, the big meetings will be face to face, and you know the other meetings may be virtual. Is, is that no, what you're saying? Or if I no, missed... no, no. What I mean is that I think that if there are meetings with more people, more yeah. participants, that um, you will have uh, a hybrid meeting, uh, virtual. Oh, okay. And on site, and then what happens with the persons who are on a virtual screen and the people inside and I think that it, that I'm afraid of that if there is um, there are three people on site and two people virtual that the three people um, on site are stronger yeah 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 two people on virtual yeah so my assumption is that if the meeting is really important to you that you take care that you will attend you will attend it yeah side and the others virtually. okay that's yeah but that's what's popping up in my mind how i should do it yeah so, so yeah so your i guess your recommendations to your sales team is yeah so, i mean I'm, I'm getting that anyway that the more you can be in the physical presence of people the better from a sales point of view you know you, yeah, but you, on the other hand it's an opportunity to have the c-level if they wouldn't uh, participate uh, because they never have time, could do that on a virtual. Yeah, got so it's it. It's also an opportunity. Okay. Any other uh, opportunities or challenges that yeah, you'd like? Yeah, we have the challenge that um, uh, we have a new proposition. Yeah. Uh, besides software, we are going to well sell services. So yeah. We have to learn uh, quite a new proposition. Uh, and that with an impact on how you calculate the value as well, the benefits, what we were used to communicate, we have to teach ourselves again how to do it. We are a little bit of a threat for our partner ecosystem. So um, at this point, we are, uh, people are, we are reinventing ourselves in how we have to position our new proposition yeah and uh, the team is as, as well reinventing uh, ourselves well that's what's happening now we are not only going to sell software but we're also uh, selling uh, the service around so it will okay. be uh, a total services on the, the piece of the uh, where uh, whatever the where the customer is in in, yeah. in his journey um, it doesn't matter we help you, but it is not only software, but as well services Right. with the uh, big uh, hyperscalers. So we, the business case is totally different. Uh, okay. Different conversations. I think it's even more CFO conversation. Okay. Um, anything else you'd like to share on the opportunities and challenges, main ones that you think are you know, facing your sales team? Yeah, uh, the challenges, uh, of course, uh, the, um, is um, new hirings, people new Okay. Hirings. Yeah. Is this, is, uh, just on that one, I mean, do you find, you know, with the brand of SAP being so strong, do you find it easy to get people to want to work with SAP? Is, is it a, an easy market no. to recruit? No, it's not. It's not. no because yeah, those old-fashioned, old 
gray gentlemen. Uh, of course, right. some of them, but not all of them. Uh, yeah. But what I meant is that we, of course, we had some new, we hired some new people. Yeah. Uh, now we are allowed to go to the office one day a week. But yeah. We were not uh, for a long time. And then you yeah. have to onboard those people. Yeah, that's a challenge, of course, but that will add everybody. Yes. And what I noticed as well is, um, and I don't know whether other people uh, mentioned that, but um, I know now some of my salespersons were uh, celebrating New Year's Eve alone or Christmas alone. Yeah. And um, That's, yeah. And, uh, we see the first signs that people become sick because right. they are. Um, well, that alone. takes us into the yeah that that really takes us into this sort of the impact of covid and and i'd yeah. really i know this is a topic that's very close to your heart anyway you know from the um gst event you know that we had and and you participated at can you tell me a bit more about what you have observed from a sort of mental well-being and health point of view <laughs> everybody's going like this so okay up and down that's right what i've yeah, up yeah. and down. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. Oh, nice because you're at home. If the sun is shining, everybody is okay. Nice because you can grab a cup of coffee outside. Yeah. Um, I yeah. So if the if the children are going to school, then it's okay. Right. There was a lot of stress stress for the young parents who had to educate their children as well. Yeah. A lot of stress. They could yeah. not focus. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, it is become a new normal in how we are working. Only right. for the people who don't have some some people around, yeah, for them it's really challenging. If they're if single, you mean? Social network around you, it's it's killing. Right. We have some right. social cases who are allowed to go to the office every day because otherwise we are afraid they become ill. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, we've, we've had some similar, you know, sort of concerns or, or challenges here. And, but sometimes those people are so anxious that they wouldn't want to come into the office anyway. You know, that's, that's what we've had. And so you're dealing with quite a difficult scenario in that case. But um, on the other hand, as well, people uh, flourishing because they found out that they easily can work at home and they love yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just so interesting, isn't it? A real, a real spectrum. Um, real spectrum, yeah. A real spectrum. Yeah, interesting. Well, I um, think with the mental being, it's really depending on persons. I, I think that for ninety percent of the people, they find the way how to do this. Okay. The only thing is. Um, uh, that's and I really I think SAP is focusing on that, but it's really really hard for me as well. So to um, to have a walk during the day, uh, do something else, yeah. and only Teams. Yeah. What I well, well noticed is that every everything is on time. Eh? So we started exactly at three o'clock. We will stop at, yeah. at four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ten minutes to go. Yeah, we're doing pretty well though. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So there is, a, uh, the, we had a culture of always being late in meetings. Okay, okay, but that's but, it. Uh, with uh, this, everybody is on time. 
And if That's you're not so in time, you ask to be, if, if I am 30 seconds late, Rinzo will <laughs> ask me to join. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's so, so it's, interesting. Better, it's better to attend first and then say, I have to go to the restroom or to get some coffee, then yeah. the other way around. <laughs> that's very interesting, isn't it? I think you're absolutely right on that. And I hadn't, uh, I hadn't twigged that. And it surprised me a little bit because I thought in Holland, you're always terribly punctual and on time. Um, but no, maybe not. Oh, and uh, well, with customers, they are in time as well. So th- yeah. for that... That perspective, it's really efficient. Yeah, that's right. People have become much more respectful of people's time and knowing also because the call is, you know, people are likely to have other calls starting immediately after yours is about to finish. Okay, so um, the last two questions, I suppose, is are more related to country here, which is quite quite interesting because... Yeah. Um, the, the idea behind the GSSI conference was to get some sort of analysis of things being perceived as being different from one country to another. Um, and yet a lot of people we had on the panel session actually cross countries, you know, so, so um, they weren't just focused on the UK, they were focused globally with their business. But would you, would you see, you know, if you take selling in, in Holland and, you know, obviously SAP is a very international company, would you see there any particular differences in the way that um, selling is done in Holland compared to other countries? Now, I think that we bridged a gap and it was a disadvantage in the Netherlands because in the Netherlands, everybody expected uh, to visit each other and to see each other in the eyes. Um, yeah. One year, yeah, more than, uh, it, it was, uh, that's why uh, telesales or the team in Barcelona had difficulties in, in getting connections because people didn't ex- accept that they didn't visit the customer because we are such a small country. So I think yeah. we, uh, we, have a, we had a distance with the rest of the world. Okay. And I think we, we bridged that gap because now everybody has his camera on which yeah. was really, really not done. Oh, is that right? So when you had your Zoom calls at the beginning, there were cameras off? It, uh, to, yeah, we okay. didn't do Zoom. Okay. No, but so, so um, um, because everything is so close to our drive. Yeah. Everybody expects someone to be at the, to you. A customer really wants to see someone. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's only for 15 minutes, he expects you to see. And that has changed. And I think right. that will not change back. Of course, it will change back in a kind of hybrid situation. Yeah. It is changed. So I think we we didn't, it's it's not more like what you say, Excel, but I think yeah. we we are um, closer to what was usual, usually in, in, I think in the US or in France, where the distances are much, much, uh, bigger that's so you're saying that because yeah Holland's quite a small country and you're quite close together then is, is that right the physical geography of Holland lends itself actually you can get you know get to customers quite quickly and therefore yeah. meeting in person that, so they're really forced to that they yeah. didn't accept it wasn't the case Okay. And I think that has really uh, uh, changed. Yeah, that's interesting. So, that is, okay. 
I'm not saying that uh, where do you excel or where yeah. I, I think that is, we just. <laughs> it's just a different. We are finally, we are finally there. That's yeah. Something. Okay. So you're saying, you know, I'm sensing you see it's in a positive light that this change has happened. Yeah, yeah. it is. Even though you mentioned earlier, of course, it's, you know, relation, yeah. the, the quality of the relationships is, is a central determinant of success from what you were saying earlier on. Okay. Um, well, we have the final question here. So, which was around what should the know, world know about selling in your country? I don't know whether you've uh, mentioned that already, but uh, what do you think? You always have to talk first about the weather. <laughs> I thought that was a British thing. It's funny. <laughs> well, I suppose the Dutch and the British have quite a lot in common, don't we? We, we yeah. share some enormously big companies together and so on. But the weather, is that right? Well, we haven't spoken about the weather, Monique, have we? On this? Oh, the politics or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, what should the world know about selling in your country? I think they should know that Amsterdam is not Netherlands. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I um, let me think about it, but I didn't. I don't know. What? Give us an example of what someone else said. I think that people are saying that a UK is quite similar to America, but I, I think that, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think that because of the geographic distances in America. Um, the sales process is perhaps being slightly more transactional and relationships in the UK are terribly important. I, you know, something that you've mentioned kind of uh, earlier on. Um, I, think yeah, I think what's important to know is relationships are important and we don't care about if someone is a high ranked person or not. Uh, we still will yeah. ask uh, why yeah. and how. We don't yeah. believe someone because he is um, the uh, a professor, it, CEO, whoever it might in be. Line of SAP calls our one of they don't care. Yeah, it's about the content and not about his rank. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that was a pretty good answer, actually, yeah. Monique. Yeah. <laughs> because i was thinking okay what yeah that is something yeah I that would... that is and i think i, I think something that... else because i was thinking that's different with germany in germany the rank is really yeah. important yeah yeah i'd say i would say less so uh, i mean i i remember when i first started selling in the uk and i was a sort of 23 year old and, and, and maybe uh, you know sort of talking to some very se senior people and i, I I would always call them Mr. Somebody or other. You know, I'd, I'd put myself uh, sort of respecting the customer in that sense. And it took me quite a long time to actually get onto Christian name terms, you know, with people. So that's uh, maybe my schooling was teaching me to be hierarchical in my approach. But I would say that's that's quite different now. Well, it's very yeah. different now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but the Dutch have got a reputation for being... As you know, you know, sort of fairly, um, you know, you don't suffer fools gladly. Uh, you, you don't I... suffer fools gladly. You you are, you know, um, not afraid in 
um, challenging. I, I remember at the uh, GST conference, Monique, we did, you did such a, a great, you know, you just you weren't prepared to, you know, you I weren't wasn't aware. I was, <laughs> it was amazing. I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I did. I wasn't aware. <laughs> but I think the Dutch have a reputation for for actually being direct. You know, sort of no no bullshit, perhaps. But you may think that's not not fair. But uh, it's something that I've often noticed when I've been working with the Dutch that that actually they they certainly don't mind giving their point of view. Um, if they disagree with something, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 and we would probably be slightly more polite. Yeah, you uh, are in that sense. We tend to be more reticent, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the others have to say. But um, Monique, we're just about at the hour, and like we were saying earlier, we have to respect the time. So, can I say a huge thanks for this? Yes, catching up with you. It was and I'll see you and speak with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So what's your selling approach like? Are you selling in a way that your customers want to be sold to? From our research, only 10% of salespeople sell in a way that customers want. But what do customers want when they're being sold to? It's no secret that here at Consalia, We've embedded the sales values and mindsets that customers want to see in salespeople into everything we do, from our sales business school through to our sales transformation offering. So how do you know whether or not you've got them? We have a very simple mindset survey to see if you possess these key values. It's really straightforward to use, it will only take a few minutes to complete and you'll be sent your results straight after. You may be just a bit surprised at the results yourself. Check out the show notes at the end of this podcast episode. What you do with the results next is your choice. We're happy to dive deeper into these results to discuss what they mean, or even explore the idea of finding out if your customers see these key values in your approach.